why did you want to find Collective West with me? Uh, I was peer pressured into it. No. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And people who know us would believe it. Welcome to the Collective West podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to supporting young people in Melbourne's West. My name is Julia. And I'm Michael. Julia and I have known each other for almost four and a half years. We have witnessed the highs, lows, and everything in between in our lives. In this episode, we wanted to ask each other some deep and not so deep questions about things we didn't really know about each other. We learned about our favorite movies, advice we would give our younger selves, and alternate career pathways we almost went into. This is part two of a two-part series of this Q&A, so if you haven't checked out part one, be sure to do so. Why did you want to find Collective West with me? Uh, I was peer pressured into it. No. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And people who know us would believe it. No. <laughs> well, I just thought it was an interesting proposal and an opportunity. And I'm always been a big believer of, you know, you always got to grab onto every opportunity with both hands. And I think... When you came to me and you were like, I've got an idea. I still remember very clearly. You called me and you were like, I've got an idea. I haven't been able to sleep and I need to tell you about it. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And you started telling me about this idea of putting together a podcast. I was like, you know what? Why not? What, what is there to stop me from being involved? And I think at core, what we're trying to achieve is really special and is lacking in Melbourne's West. And I, I think the idea of being able to have this conversation and knowing that it could potentially impact other young people is really, really incredible. Yeah. And, and plus the pitch you gave me was so compelling. <laughs> I think, what was it that you said? It was like minimal risk, but bountiful. Uh... Just trying to, I want you to say it. I'm butchering it, but I kind of remember. I know what you're talking about. Anyway, you go. <laughs> Why did you come up with this idea in your sleep and was so excited to make a start on? I think I've always had an idea for a podcast and I always wanted to have an avenue to be able to express some of the experiences I've had as well as some of the knowledge that I've accumulated through my work as well as through stuff that I've read. But it was also really just looking at my peers and the young people that I work with in my day-to-day -day job, as well as through, you know, Western Chances and stuff like that. And I think I just really saw a need for it, that there wasn't actually many people, let alone many young people talking to the experiences of other young people in the West. And for a long time growing up in Melbourne's West, we've always had one of a negative perception and really poor narratives of either just the general region or young people coming from the region. So it was, a case of just seeing a need in the market for a voice to be filled, but also I think really understanding the dynamics that were at play in the West and being able to speak to it and a lot of the experiences that young people feel. So there's a bit of two things there that one, it was an organic growth from some of the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And the second one was just seeing an opportunity. And I guess there's another third one, which was that I was really keen to just start a podcast. I just didn't know what topic to start it on. And I thought, what, what better topic to start it on Melbourne's West? And I really didn't think it was going to happen this year. Mm. And I guess a silver lining of, of COVID-19 was that it just gave me an abundance of time to think mm. about what I wanted to do and where I sort of wanted to allocate my time and my focus and also channel all this energy that I now had. Mm. And then I thought, who better to work with than Julia Trong? <laughs> Because we've, we've known each other for going on four years now. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, four and a half years. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I, honestly, I, I've always admired the way you've operated. 
and the way you go about your your business. And also, I find you really inspirational to start a business so young and to have a successful one at that. Likewise, I think I wouldn't have said yes to anyone off the street <laughs> if they came to me because I know it does require commitment and I definitely wanted to do something with someone that I will A, get along with and B, have common interests and, and C, definitely admire. You know, like I think you're an incredible young person who is full of energy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, what is this guy on? But, you know, and always so inspiring. So uh, I think when you approach me, every time you ring me, I think prior to us starting Collective Wears, I was always so excited because I knew you would ring with some kind of crazy ideas or you know, <laughs> just to kind of chat and check in. And so I thought, you know, I felt very special for you to kind of call and suggested that we, we start a podcast together. And really, I didn't, I don't think I did took me long to kind of just turn around and said, yeah, let's do it. So it's been, it's been a fun one. <laughs> it, it has been really fun. And I also, I think another skill set that, or mindset that I wanted to have as a, as a co-founder of this is someone who knows that this is a, like a slow burn and it's mm-hmm. going to take quite a long time and who understands the dynamics of business. Um, because, you know, I've never started something prior to this, but you have. So it's just like knowing that this, we're going to face difficulties and challenges um, no matter what we do, but in starting a, a podcast, I think the exact pitch that I made to you was that it was limited downside. So we could only really lose a bit of time and a bit of money, which is whatever we put into, you know, buying the microphones and stuff like that, but unbanded upside. So, you know, if 50 people listen to this podcast, which is what we're getting at the moment, or 50,000 people listen to it, our risk is the same. Yeah. Like it yeah, doesn't exactly. grow with, with how many people listen. Actually, it stays the same at the point of creation. So all we can lose is this half an hour that we're speaking to each other and a bit of money. Yeah. But again, like the microphone and stuff, you can repurpose it for other stuff. So you were really not losing anything. Mm. And I think See at the guys, end of the day, this is why I couldn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at the end of the day, I, I thought what's the worst that could happen is that we now just have a catalog of conversations yeah. with a friend. Yeah. And if it doesn't go anywhere, well, if after just say 20 episodes, we're like, no, nah, we, we, um, we don't want to do this anymore. Well, we just have 20 episodes. I yeah. mean, to me, that's something that will last forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind and of it's cool. It's actually really interesting. I think all the episodes we've done thus far has been stuff that we really want to talk about and things that we have an opinion to. <laughs> um, and it's actually been quite fun just, you know, dedicating a time in the week to just have conversations around these topics. So, yeah, it's been, it's been good. Okay, well, next question, you know, which I think some people might be interested in is if you could change one thing of your younger self, what would it be? How young are we talking? <laughs> high school and under? <laughs> I, really, I think, I don't know if I can speak to high school and under, but an age that I think I would, I would really want to go back to and have a chat with my younger self would probably be 2016, 2017, Michael. So that's my, mm. like my early 20s. The reason mm. being is um, I think I had a pretty unhealthy relationship with success and achievement. Mm. And I let that ambition erode a lot of the meaningful relationships around me at that time mm. for the sake of, you know, achieving this or getting successful in that. And it wasn't until maybe until 2018, 2019. So this is not that long ago, really, that I really understood the full consequences of the decisions I made a couple of years back mm. and how that I put, how I sacrificed relationships, whether with family or friends to be able to dedicate it to achieving something external in the end i did end up achieving what i wanted to achieve and i was you know standing there accepting this award for it or this recognition for it 
Mm-hmm. And I was happy for about seven minutes. And it dawned on me at that point in time of you sacrificed all this to achieve this. Mm. And I felt like, I honestly felt like a fool. I felt like crying. Yeah. Because I was happy for like, yeah, maybe seven to 10 minutes tops, but I'd sacrificed months and years of relationship time with people. Really? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I look back now and I wish I could go back to 2018, Michael, and say, you know, you've got to really look at yourself and, and understand that the consequences you have is not just sacrificing this dinner or this meeting or this time with friends in the short term, but there are, there are actually second and third order consequences here, like for the long term. And there were some friends that actually came to me in 2018 and 2019 and said, you know, if you didn't change from 27, how you were in 2017, I don't think we would still be friends. Mm. Which that was like an arrow to my heart. Wow. But they only told me that because they knew I had changed and they were obviously still around in my life. Mm. but it was, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. I don't know if I would necessarily change that. I'm glad I sort of went through that at 21 and 22 rather than 31 and 32. Cause by yeah. then I could have, you know, a kid like kids and, and a family and, yeah. and, and a wife, hopefully. And if I, if I, you know, if I did that at that age, well, uh, you know, I could have stuffed things up for a very, very long time for more yeah. and a lot more people as well. And, you know, you're 21, you're going to, you're going to stuff some things up. So I'm glad I realized and learned that lesson really young. And I've really stepped back from, okay, why do you want to do this thing? Like if you, if, if you want to go into this, into this line of work, would you still do it if you'll never recognize for it? Is the question I now ask myself mm. where I had it backwards the time before mm. I was going into this to be recognized, to be recognized, which yeah. is really unhealthy. And I think Jim Carrey's got a really good quote that says, I wish everyone could be rich and famous to realize that doesn't make them happy. Mm. Not that that I was rich or famous, but it's the same principle. It's like mm-hmm. you, you, you dedicate yourself to achieving these extrinsic goals in the hope mm-hmm. that they will solve your intrinsic insecurities. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't work. I've tried yeah. it. It yeah. doesn't work. How interesting. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, know, I wouldn't necessarily change, but I, I would really want to debrief it with my younger self and say, yeah. look, there are some things that are worth it in life and meaningful relationships are the one thing that probably make life meaningful, hence why they're called meaningful relationships. <laughs> but it was also what the turning point or the inflection point in that journey was having a six year relationship break up at the end of Mm. 2017. Mm. And I think that really shattered my reality. Mm. And it was a point where I took a lot of time to reflect. So 2018 and even most of 2019 was dedicated to just reflecting and really asking myself some very hard questions. I can't tell you the amount of times I actually cried during those two years. Mm. Just both in grief, but also in sadness, in regret, in questioning what are my values what am i what what do i actually yeah what do i actually value in life mm-hmm. and what order do i put relationships family work achievement status so the drive for status was for me at that age the highest priority the highest, everything yeah. else felt um every, status was the highest everything sort of fell subservient to that goal mm. and that led me down to a road of like misery really Mm. But since then, I've been able to change my ways a lot. And yeah. I've taken just a different approach to how to my work, to my relationships, to my life, mm-hmm. to thinking about the long term, to thinking about recognition and acknowledgement. Those things are still important, but they shouldn't be the only thing you aim for. Yeah. And that's something I, I really want to tell young people who are in that trap, because it is a trap. You mm. don't win. No one wins. And I see some people going through it, but ultimately, I think it is kind of a journey you have to go through yourself. 
Because if I told you, this is what's going to happen, you probably won't believe me. That went really deep. Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, these questions are meant to be lighthearted. Right? <laughs> but it's something that I've thought about for such a long time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't realize I've known you for, you know, obviously quite some time. I obviously knew about the breakup and everything, but I didn't realize about the whole, I guess, where your goals were and, and how that made you feel and, and stuff like that. That's really interesting. Any breakup of a relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship or family, should make you reflect. And if it doesn't, that's, um, that's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So to make this more lighthearted, Julia, what's something you would change of your younger self? Wow. How, how, do, I, how do I recover from your response? Oh, my God. Good luck. Um, <laughs> well, I, I was thinking, you know, generally, I mean, through listening to you, it made me think a bit more. But I, I honestly was thinking probably as my younger self through high school, I've always been a bit of a risk taker in the sense of extracurriculum and things like that. Like, public speaking, doing things for council, like putting myself forward for those things, even though I know it's scary, I was willing to do it because there was like an inkling drive in me that made me feel incredibly satisfying at the same time. But but I think if I could change something of my younger self, I'd probably love to participate in more sports and active stuff that I honestly avoided hard in high school. And not necessarily so that I, I think I'm, I'm good at it or anything like that. I think I was just so self-conscious of myself and so scared of like not getting picked for a team or just, you know, being terrible at it. I have asthma. So I was like, always like, I'm not going to participate in any active sport because I know I'm going to like have a little moment and just like die or something like that. And I would just find all these excuses to kind of talk myself out of these things. And you know, obviously, thankfully, I did put the rest of the energy in work and in other kind of curriculum. But I think, you know, thinking back about it now, I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of did participate in a lot of that. And I did have that kind of same moment, even in my early 20s, you know, I'm only 27 now, but in my early, like, sort of 20s, where you're, you're in your uni years, and a lot of people, it's funny what you were saying, it's like, a lot of people were going out and having fun and having friends and all of that stuff. I was quite driven by my own career choices. And a lot of it did come with sacrifices of like simply, you know, when people would finish their uni class and would go out with their friends to have a drink or catch up or, you know, I don't know, go to the clubs. I chose not to. <laughs> I was very clear and focused on what I wanted to achieve. And I don't necessarily think it was a bad thing. And I don't necessarily regret those decisions for sure. But there's definitely moments where I say to my husband now, I'm like, man, I reckon, you know, I just like skipped my teens to early 20s life. Like I definitely did not experience that kind of period of time like a normal <laughs> you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 kind of person who did go out and who did stayed over at these places and traveled and did all of this because I was so focused on gaining experience and, and focusing on my career and, you know, starting off JT, like I chose not to do any of that kind of stuff. And obviously, you know, people are usually like, oh, you're really mature for your age, which I do agree. And I don't regret on that. But with that comes the fact that I do feel like there is a gap in my life where <laughs> I've just like bypass that young age bracket and just gone straight into, you know, early twenties, Julia, very early on. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost very like almost very similar 
yeah. our experiences and the yeah. fact that our early, like late teens to early twenties, we felt like we, mine was definitely unhealthy. I wouldn't say yours is unhealthy, but I think we never really were, were present and stopped to really smell the roses of the freedom that you sort of have at that age to just explore and do whatever. And everything is sort of easy breezy. Mm. And nothing commits you to anything for life. You said, look, I definitely don't regret any of that. Like I, you know, I'm very happy with each phase of my life. Like I feel like I've always set goals and I've achieved it. And I'm really happy with who I've been with and who I am with and all that. But there's definitely a pocket of me where I'm like, you know, even just, it's funny because my, obviously, you know, my husband and I, we're, we've got a big age gap. So he talks about his early twenties. And um, sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, he's like, I went out all night and I did this and, you know, we went to see this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I was doing work experience and <laughs> I was, you know, in meetings and doing this. Like, that's my early 20s for me. <laughs> and it's very, very different. And in many ways, I can see that through his experience, it's given him a different perspective on his life and, you know, his decision making. And, you know, he obviously had a lot of fun during that time too. Whereas I'm like, okay, I was a bit serious <laughs> with some of the decisions that I've made. So yeah, it's just interesting when you do have that opportunity to reflect back on and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. I do have people who did sort of just party and not really focus during their twenties and just sort of went with what was expected of them, not really what they wanted to do. And then now they're in their thirties and now they wish they were that focused and, and that disciplined and they mm. sacrificed more to be able to understand what they wanted to do. It's almost like a case of like the grass is always greener. Yes. Like something you haven't experienced <laughs> is like, oh yeah, I really want to experience that. And when you do experience it, it's all not, it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You always want something that you didn't get, but I, I don't think I have any regrets and it sounds like you don't have any regrets either. No. I definitely had moments where I <laughs> remember sitting it and I think I was really upset. I don't, can't even remember what it was with my mom. I was like, you know, everyone's doing this. Um, you know, look at me. I'm <laughs> always working. <laughs> my mom was like, but you made choices and this is the decision that you wanted to do and look what you've achieved so far. And like, you should be enjoying that and this and that. And I was like, but still, <laughs> I want to go out. <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's that it's a hundred percent. I agree. It's probably is the grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> okay. oh, good question. I like that. Yeah, interesting. Okay, right. Next question: What's a new ISO skill you have picked up? And don't say podcasting. <laughs> uh, that was actually my answer. Nope. Mm, a new ISO skill that I've picked up. A new ISO skill. Do you have one? Um. Look. I'd like to think that my last six months, I've got half skills, lots of half skills I've attempted to do, but haven't quite, <laughs> haven't quite got there, you know, like cooking, for example, a lot of people who know me personally know that I am a shit cook. <laughs> In fact, I can't turn my oven on for the life of me. So I think early on with a lot of the cooking shows that we did for work has definitely inspired me to be in the kitchen more. So wouldn't say I can cook, but I'm kind of probably a little bit better around the kitchen, you know, like prepping, <laughs> for instance. The other random skill that I've been, was working on is, um, it sound like an old lady, but knitting. I started doing a bit of knitting. Again, I, I haven't progressed very far. Like I did it for like a week and then um, I probably made, you know, 10 centimeters or something like that worth of a scarf. But yeah, I, I tried it. So hey, 10 centimeters is better than no centimeters. <laughs> 
I was like very enthusiastic to begin with. I said, you know, to my mum and my family, I was like, I'm going to make you a scarf, you a scarf, and I'm going to make you a scarf by the end of this. And look, now we're into spring and none of that has happened. So, <laughs> so no one's gotten scarves. No. 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 I don't think there will be. Broken promises. Leaving a trail of broken promises. (laughs) Clearly. ISO made me do it. How about you? Any particular skill that you've picked up? I wouldn't say skill. I think it's more like of a... Okay, maybe it is a skill. I would say being present. Uh, That sounds so abstract. What is that? But going on daily walks has made me a bit more present than I think otherwise would be. So during ISO, especially in Melbourne, like the only thing you can do to leave your house is basically exercise. So I've been taking long daily walks and really getting to know my local area. So I would take streets and avenues and, and roads that I've never been on. And I'll be like, oh, wow, there's a lot of roads that connect with each other that I just didn't know. And it's been really nice to just find out about my local suburb like that. I don't know if that's a skill, though, but that's my answer. No, you know. Okay, I'll give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Debatable, but we'll we'll let it go. Oh, well, actually, editing, I think you... I mean, it's podcast related. Well, that's what you said. You said I couldn't say podcasting. Yeah, true. Okay, well, okay. Oh, I'll take it back. Okay, if you let me say podcasting, well, then, yeah, like um, (laughs) audio editing, Mm. I think I've gotten pretty good at. Mm-hmm. how to distribute and produce a podcast. So I've learned all the, the software you need to have and stuff like that. So that's been really, really interesting mm. and a skill that I never thought I would learn. Yeah. I never really saw myself as a, what I've, what I've really started to notice is that I've been, I've been come, I've become far more creative during isolation. That mm. I would say is a skill, whether that's podcasting or whatever it might be. I find myself being far, far more creative. Even the books I read, I've been starting to read more fiction and wow yeah and even with my writing it's been more like there's more creativity in the writing yeah and i don't i don't know what that is but it seems like to be a skill that i've that i've picked up it's just this i don't know i wouldn't say skill of creativity but it's definitely creativity yeah you're unlocking that side of you that you yeah. didn't realize yeah and i've never i never considered myself a creative yeah but yeah producing a podcast is creative yeah definitely just, you're creating content so i guess we are kind of creatives yeah <laughs> Hashtag content creators. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on. What's a really good skill or talent you have that not many people know about? Hmm. I taught myself how to do a handstand. <laughs> that's pretty good. I don't know if that's a, I guess that's a skill or a talent if you really think about it. It took me a couple of years to do. So it took about a year and a half of just falling all the time and practicing against the wall. And my form is still not that great with the handstands I do now, but yeah, I think not many people know that I can do a pretty decent handstand. That's pretty good. Self-taught as well, which I think is a, is an added bonus. That's good. I'm, I'm very impressed. I can't even do a push up properly, let alone a handstand. Actually really good at drawing. Like I've mentioned this in a previous answer. Yes. So I don't think people realize that cause I think they naturally assume cause I'm in management and project management, you know, and business that I don't do anything else that's creative. So I'm, you know, if you ask me to draw a flower or like an actual flower or car or, you know, objects or even sometimes people, I can actually sketch pretty well. There you go. <laughs> I'm impressed. I have to say it. Yeah. I'll maybe, show you. I've, maybe you I've can... sketched my whole family in the house. As All like right. And stuff. Yeah. Mum didn't really like it. She thought it was a bit creepy. But... Oh, right. <laughs> Thanks for the support, mum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I've drawn, um, you know, as you know, my husband really loves cars. So I've sketched him photos of cars and stuff like that. And yeah, 
a level of less. I think what we can do is combine our skills. I'll pop into a handstand and you sketch me in the handstand. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. That could be our first merch. I think so. Collectiveness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. There we go. Look at this. Coming up with new ideas. New, yeah. new ideas. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to um, ask the last question. You've been yeah, asking. Yeah, go for it. All right. What's something about you that people always assume that is incorrect? Mm. I've got two. Uh-huh. So I'll start. First thing, which is typical, is that I'm good at maths and I'm good at numbers. And I honestly am not. I think, again, people just assume because A, I'm Asian and B, I'm in business that I'm naturally meant to be sound with my figures. But those who know me personally know that I rely very heavily on the calculator, even if it's basic maths. And maths has never been a thing for me in high school. I don't know why. I I still ended up doing math subjects in year 11 and 12, but definitely not my strength. The other thing that I always get assumed is the fact that because I'm organized in my work, that in my personal life, I am always on top of it and I'm organized and diligent and not lazy. And it is completely the opposite. So I can be quite a messy person in my own personal life and I'm very lazy with stuff and cleaning and packing and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And even actually last night I was, I was texting with someone and I was like, Oh, I've just been feeling really lazy. And they're like, no, really? You're not lazy. You always are on top of your stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's work. It's different. Like chill Julia is completely different. Mm. (laughs) I I don't see chill Julia much. You, you don't, you don't. Not many people do, but when they do, they're like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you? Michael? I think very similar. Mm. I am terrible at maths. Yeah. But a lot of people assume that I studied commerce, which I couldn't think of a worse thing to study for me. <laughs> really? Yeah. The whole reason why I did a Bachelor of Arts because there was no maths component to it. Mm. But I have always been terrible at maths and I know mm. growth mindset and fixed mindset and all that stuff, but I've just been bad at it. And I did it, I did it for a semester in year 11 and then dropped it altogether for year 12. Never studied again in uni or anything like that. I just, it just doesn't speak to me and I find it really uncomfortable and I don't find, I don't enjoy it (laughs) at all. Yeah. I don't know what it is about numbers and I'm pretty good at basic arithmetic, but if you try to teach me calculus or Pythagoras theorem or (laughs) stem and leaf plots and all that stuff, I'm 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 just like, I don't know what you're on about. And how, firstly, how is this going to help me? Yes, I used to always say that to my teachers in year 12. And in fact, anyone in my class would remember this. I used to always challenge them. I'm like, when do you actually need to know this? Exactly. You know, like, tell me when. What they should do instead, and this is going to deviate from the question, is like you start a business in high school, a mock one. It doesn't have to be a real one. Then you try and sell something and, and then the math starts to come in. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, I need to know how to sit, read and write a table. Yeah, exactly. Do percentages, multiply, <laughs> subtract. Yeah. What are your yeah. fixed costs? What are your variable costs? And et cetera, yeah. et cetera. That yeah. would have been really helpful. I would have been That's around true. that. Yeah. But another <laughs> thing that I think some people always assume about me that is really incorrect is that I am confident in everything I do. I think you had that of me before this podcast. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I think I was so shocked when you were so nervous to release i think our first episode or something or our actually a snippet wasn't even an episode yet and i kept finding it really bizarre because i think we were you know we had a plan and we were talking about it and you kept 
strangely, I think subtly putting it off. And I was just like, what is going on with this guy? I'm like, just release it. And then you're like, no, I'm nervous. And I was like, what? So yeah, it's been an interesting um, thing to learn about you in this process. Yeah. I, I don't know why people just assume that I'm a hundred percent confident in everything I do. Cause that's just, I mean, as you keep pushing yourself, no matter what you do, whether it's starting a podcast or a business or taking yourself into a new part of your career, you're, I mean, you're always going to be nervous and it's probably a good thing that you are. Cause it means you care about it and that you've got ownership and a stake over it. But yeah, I think that's one thing that people always assume about me. And that is like vastly incorrect. I don't even try to hide it. I was pretty open with you that I was nervous. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I was still shocked about it though. Cause I was like, there's people who say I'm nervous and they'll just move on. But you were actually genuinely. I was, yeah, I was genuinely <laughs> nervous. And um, I think I had to force it out of you. I'm just like, just, just do it now. <laughs> and we got there. Yeah, we did. We got there. Cool. So that's the wrap up really of the, the 10 get to know you questions. I don't think it was at 10. I think it ended up being about 15. <laughs> just with the follow-up questions we had. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, that's the problem. We can't... We, we just keep talking. Exactly. And that wraps up part two of the Q&A episodes that we recorded. Julie and I had a lot of fun recording these two episodes. We learnt a lot about each other and asked ourselves some questions that we never really got to ask each other. I learnt a lot of really interesting things about Julia and... As I reflected on my own experiences, I told stories and experiences that I kind of forgot about until this moment. So for me, it was kind of almost part of a therapy session, reliving some experiences and how they've impacted my life now. Please let us know what you think about this episode. And if there are any other questions that you wanted answered by either myself or Julia, you can get in contact with us via Instagram. So our handle is at underscore collective west you can send us an email at collectivewest at gmail.com and also visit our website at www.collectivewest.com.au as always julia and i value comments or constructive criticism as well as any feedback you might have had for the podcast episode we decided to do something a little bit differently and have a bit of a more informal structure and more of a light-hearted focus on the content and what we talked about in this episode in the next couple of episodes we'll be retouching on things like employment and networking so stay tuned for that but for now thank you again for joining us we really appreciate your support can't wait to see you all at the next episode